Andino Andina. The story continues. Mina wanted to see us, Tonya said when we were walking back to the cabin. Instantly I felt my walls want to come up, but I was too emotionally wrung out to fight it or consciously keep my guard down. Can't it wait till tomorrow? I said with a tired sigh. My stomach churned at the involuntary old thought of, Oh boy, here comes the bill. I realized the thought had no substance and had surfaced out of old habit. I took a deep breath to clear it out. Again. She said to come over about 8 p.m. All right then, bring it on, I said resigned. Get whatever it was over with and out of the way. The last thing I wanted right now was to be social and polite around a large, boisterous family. Not after the day we've just lived, and with the bed and the cat-soothing company beckoning. Mina's house was relatively quiet. Nadia greeted us at the door and led the way to what passed for a front room. Tonio and I followed behind her. The room was lit by candles and the atmosphere felt almost holy. In the rocking chair sat Mina with the storm baby in her arms, beaming serenity and happiness in the way I've only seen new mothers do in antique painted portraits. The rest of her brood were scuffling quietly for room on the sofa. Nadia shooed them off to the floor. Please, she said, take a seat. Have some fudge, I made it myself. She removed the lid and nudged a box of sweet towards us. We accepted a piece each and I thanked her. It really was good. I know we've just had a funeral and that Anna was a friend of yours, but we wanted to do something to affirm that life goes on, Tonya translated. What, what do you call her? Mina asked, looking directly at me. Me? I asked, feeling confused. She born when you here. I won't name her you. No, don't do that, I said, the familiar panic rising. Please don't ask me to be a gold parent or something, I thought. She wants you to name the baby, Nadia whispered. Oh, okay. I thought for a couple of minutes while studying the plump baby face. I'd call her Anna Evelia, I said at last. All faces swiveled round to look at me, as in, explain. Anna, after Anna, of course. Evelia, after someone I know back home. A kind, generous, adventurous, forward-thinking soul with a big heart. Makes friends easily. Tonya translated. Smiles broke out all around. That is good. Good name for baby. Anna Evelia. Now you bless baby. Say blessing. I thought for a moment. Welcome to planet Earth, baby Anna Evelia, I said. May you know many friends to bless your path in this life. Always have food to eat and robust health. And in times of need, may you find strength in the stars. I know we'll see each other again. Anna and Lefay and every other being I've ever loved and lost, one way or another. But this is temporary. Just do it. Hit the balls coming at you in the moment. One, then the next, and the next. Even if it does not look like anything you'd like to be feeling. 
it's there. It is. And don't start relabeling. Fuck that. None of this. If you can enjoy pain, there is a lot of enjoyment to be had. Or rename pain joy, and voila, lots of joy in your life all of a sudden. None of that new age crap. I was on my stomach on the wooden floor, hands under my chin, almost nose to nose with Kachina. It is what it is. Don't run away from it. Just look it squarely in the eye. Even when I can barely look up and out of my own eyes. Don't be so literal. Identify it. Don't judge. Not yourself, not your feelings, or others, if you can help it. That is more difficult than it sounds. I never said it was going to be easy. What would be the point in that? Well, I don't know. You said it. I snuffled into my already soggy tissue. Sometimes I wish life was less like being clubbed over the head with a rolling pin. Learn or else. And most of the time we don't have a freaking clue what you're supposed to be learning because it's all back to front. And a little bit more like a computer game where you do level after level just like that and there's nothing to it. You build your skills without even noticing what you're doing. It is, Kachina replied. Where do you think the creators of those games got the idea? And at the same time, you don't have time for that in real life these days. Or at least that's the way most humans experience it. What do you mean? You are too impatient. Humanity at large is becoming too instant. Here today, next tomorrow. The pace you set yourself is enough to make a cat's head spin. Do you think that's to do with preparing to live life on non-linear time? I wondered. Maybe, but no. Cats already do that. Cats don't have the same difficulty prioritizing as you do either. You don't have to think about rent and bills and food and being prepared for what curveball life might throw at you next. No, that's true at some level. With the exceptions of dogs and cars and having your tails trodden on, you mean? Good point. I'll take that back. What I was going to say before you jumped in was that neither do you right now. Huh? While you are here, you don't have to think about that either. It's all covered. That's true. Then again, I just do it. I sighed. Got me. We know. And if you prioritize by importance, you could too. Take now, for example... There is no rent for this cabin, and that of home is also covered. Food is delivered, and pocket money, have you noticed, is supplied as well. It's just there in your pocket whenever you need it. Don't know how they manage that. There is no bills at this place to worry about, yet you run back to that old mindset, preoccupied with the future. And let me say it, a future that may not be that way at all. I have to plan... It's not like some things don't take a chunky bite out of the available cash now, is it? Budgeting is still crucial, even juggling at times. But why worry about it? Because I can rarely ever find what I want when I want it. And I never know when I'll unexpectedly need something. You see things once in Mexico and then never again. It's like having several variables instead of just one bottleneck. That went straight past my whiskers. But I'd finally caught where she was going. Merd.
I see what you mean. I'm still living from fear. Or lack. Always trying to save because I don't have that lump sum saved up to cushion unexpected expenses anymore. We no longer lived paycheck to paycheck exactly. But sometimes it came pretty damn close. And I let others' demands or perceived demands dictate how I spend. That's how it got frittered away. Others' needs always felt more important just because they were louder and more unashamed to broadcast it. And because I had it, I felt guilty if I didn't share or help out. I felt expected to because of my foreign face. I'm sure if you needed new boots one day, Tonya would quite happily take you shopping and buy them for you. But I like being independent. I don't like asking for things, I said glumly. I can't remember the last time you did, Kachina observed smoothly. Neither could I in that moment. I feel uneasy spending on me, I said in a quiet voice. Why can't the things we want, or at least those we need, just be available? Indeed. But why ask me? I'm a cat, remember? Oh, yeah. Of course. I'm sorry. Don't be. Kachina touched her nose to mine. Prioritize. Use your needs and wants, not the ones you second-guess others in society are placing on you. And perhaps... Expect more. She gave her whiskers a little polish with a dainty paw. That seems to work for me. Positive anticipation, I think you could call it. I'm scared to do that, I admitted. It feel presumptuous, like if I were to be one of those people I detest, for their air of entitlement hanging around them like bad body odour, as if I'd somehow jinx my chances. Kachina held my gaze with her clear eyes. It makes me uncomfortable, embarrassed even, to purely want, when there are others around who have less than their real true needs covered. I just hadn't known how much, not until I moved to Mexico, where it really crystallized. I can't seem to bypass it either by telling myself I'm helping by putting money back into the economy, either by spending or buying services. And that was just one aspect of it. Often I felt as if I had to give, even when I was running on empty. Out of spoons, as a friend with fibromyalgia described it. Everything seems to run between my fingers, like water through a sieve. To complicate matters, my needs tended to be more nebulous. Harmony, quietude, uninterrupted time to meditate or sleep. A particular book. First world luxuries, I wondered. They sure enough were not commonplace where we lived. May I suggest, then, that you wait until someone asks, not just act on what you pick up on your spidey senses. How else could you really know that their wish is aimed at you for help? Because I myself find it embarrassing to ask. That's you. Others can be more opportunistic, or simply optimistic. For some it is an easy option, and for others it can be the only way they know. Yeah, you have almost come to expect it, because you are you. Others can sense that. As usual, Kachina was right. When it came to spending and deserving, 
I seemed to believe I didn't have the right to more than the essentials, at least not until everyone else had the basics covered too. As if I couldn't somehow wrap my mind around the concept that my earnings were mine, and technically mine to spend too, as I saw fit. Choices, choices, dear human. You cannot know the sole plan of another. And Dino's voice and presence came and were gone again in a heartbeat. I shook my head. Because their wants and needs are so loud, it feels as if mine are thereby invalidated. Mine are not so loud. Most of the time I can make do without. That's fine for a while, but not in the long run. Inside of me something is crying. No, life was not meant to be one long struggle. It's meant to be enjoyed too. Even though ours isn't that kind of struggle. I'm not being unreasonable, I don't think. I'm not high maintenance, not by a long shot. You know how we repair and recycle almost everything, all the time. More so even than most Mexicans I know. But sometimes I want to give in to that pure want, just because. Because it feels good, frivolous, makes you smile. Affirm you're deserving, perhaps. Yes, there is a fine line between living in the moment and residing in fear. You said it before yourself. Or was that Tonio? You answered your own question too, did you hear that? I did? You invalidate your needs and wants because of the loudness of others. You equate loud with more important, more necessary, more need. It may be that they are just louder by habit. Kachina observed me closely with her amber-yellow eyes. Please don't change. I don't like loud people any more than you do. A wave of affection made me smile internally. I scratched her behind an ear. I'm almost incapable of being loud, you know that, unless someone is threatening cats. I wiped a tear from the corner of my eye. I know, human cat. Human cat, that is so funny. Can you say hello to whoever coined that expression? I don't think I have the nerve anymore. I'm getting on, you know. You're not. You're as sleek and graceful and lovely as ever. I'm not denying that. It's just... My body feels heavier inside these days. Heavier to move takes more effort, even if it's not heavier in weight. She sighed, one of those adorable little kitty sighs. A wave of love and warmth swept through me. Kachina, for her small stature, had been a fearless fighter most of her life, a distant echo of starting life as a street cat. Living with us had mellowed and softened her outlook but her protective streak could still reactivate in an instant for those she considered her tribe. Overflowing with love, I reached out and pulled her to me for a hug. I love you, Kachina cat, I mumbled into her soft fur, madly, deeply and endlessly. A sound like between a growl and a purr reminded me of her invisible panic button, a deeply rooted fear of being restrained and not able to spring away, and I lightened my touch. The last safeguard she never let down. I adjusted myself onto my side, resting my head on my folded arm, and the other one lightly around Kachina, scratching her just where I knew she enjoyed it the most. 
The soft purr increased in volume. She rolled on to her side, her back touching me. I gazed at her between my eyelashes through almost closed eyes and caressed the length of her relaxed body, as familiar to me as my own. She turned her head and looked at me and blinked slowly. I'm going to have a nap, she said, and I love you too. I mimicked and gently kissed the top of her head before slowly and carefully getting up so as not to spook her. I sat down to write something, like a poem. However I tried, the words would not come. I reached for a book I was reading, then found my thoughts wandering even before I'd found my bookmark. After rereading the same passage more than eight times, I gave up. I pondered what Kachina had said and tried to write down her insights to meditate on later. Apprehension and discomfort swirled around my gut. This too will pass. Everything is temporary, I sighed to myself. I felt memories surging, as unstoppable as lava rising in a volcano. Resistance seems futile, I giggled. I decided to allow it as it didn't look like I had much choice in the matter. See where it would take me, and why I could not focus. Maybe something was ready to be let go of, ready to be healed. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Andino Andina is written, read, edited and produced by me. Copyright Liz Rosales, 2014 and 2021.